Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, so there was almost no point in watching this game on Sunday in Indianapolis that I thought the Bucks were going to win. I just... Steve Ersnick, even after the Bucks went ahead, and you know it was they're up by seven. They get it's what thirty-one twenty-four. I'm watching Indianapolis turn and hand the ball off and steamroll down the field at a time when you expect them to throw, and they tie the game at thirty-one all. And there's like an offsides, and the Bucks got first and fifteen somewhere. I'm thinking they're not going to win this game. Like this game is going to get away from them. They're going to have to punt. There's going to be, you know, something something bad is going to happen late in the game. I still don't know how they won it. I mean, I, I we'll talk about the biggest plays on defense, I think, which absolutely changed it. The Shaq Barrett sack, force fumble, recovery. Um, but give all the credit. I mean, look, Leonard Fournette, playoff Lenny, Lombardi Lenny, Indy Lenny. He got not one, not two, not three, but Fournette tutties, as Gronkowski said later tonight. And he was the difference, I mean, on the offensive side. And then defensively, they turned him over. And that's something that, you know, the Colts had not really done. They were plus 15 tops in the league coming in the game. So a huge win on the road for the Bucks against what I thought is a pretty solid Colts team. They're good. They're good. And, and they forced a couple of things. One, the offense got off to a horrendous start for the Bucks. Oh God! But yeah. the defense kept them in that game. Uh, they did. You know, you right. had the the bot the four yard punt, and Brady right. threw an interception. Leads to a field goal, and mm-hmm. you know, you just. But the defense kept forcing a three and out from Indianapolis. Uh, yeah. They shut Jonathan Taylor down for the most part, to the point where Indianapolis abandoned the run in their MVP candidate. Abandoned it. They threw. T- yeah, they threw 26 straight passes at one point in the second half, which made absolutely no sense, even though I will say, and the numbers aren't going to look as good as he played, I thought Carson Wentz was really good. Mm-hmm. I thought he was excellent in this game. And uh, yeah. they were moving the ball up and down the field. I thought he was too, but but how do you not put the ball in your MVP candidate's hands occasionally? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I, I get that I'm, the Bucks are a good run defense, and, and I get that and part of it you were behind a little bit, although finally once they got behind, they said, okay, let's change something and do something different. And they started that was running weird. the ball. Yeah. You know, it was one of those you're going, I, I, I just – but the defense to me is what won this game for them. And, and even before the picks, like I said in the first quarter, they kept shutting down Indianapolis as as Tom Brady and the offense couldn't get going. I mean, it was just they were out of sync early. And, and – the defense didn't let that lead get too big for Indianapolis. And then they started getting the turnovers. And Indianapolis, who doesn't turn the – what, they lead the NFL in turnover margin. What do they have? Plus 15. Five turnovers by the time you get the Hail Mary at the end? Five. They were a, plus, they were a minus three, but five turnovers. Of course, the Bucks had two, one with the, the deep ball that Brady threw that was intercepted to, uh, to Miller. 
Um, and then they had the fumble by Chris Godwin early in the game. So if not for those two turnovers, I mean, yeah, five they forced five, including um, the the last play essentially on the interception. It's kind of a hail mary in a sense, but uh, that's something that the Colts had not done. But you're right; it was, I mean, it was shocking that they could, you know, down by seven, um, absolute must have drive, and they turn and they hand it off, uh, and they go all the way down the field and, and score. I mean, the Bucks were playing for the pass; they expected them to throw the ball, they didn't get it. Uh, and at that point, 31-all, man, it's, you know, I just never felt like they were in control of the game. Um, they were chasing, chasing, took the lead, then it's even. And you got to give it to Leonard Fournette. I mean, this guy is is turned into a huge bell cow again, much like he was in Jacksonville. But he's doing it, not just running the ball, but also catching it. And he's now just a little bit shy of 1,000 total yards rushing and receiving. And he's got more catches. He's got 51 receptions already. More catches than Mike Evans, who, by the way, they kind of like forgot about their wideouts today. I don't know what, you know, Indy was doing, but they were not available (laughs) to Tom Brady. Very rarely, anyway. Well, and and, and Brady, you know, today and and losing, what, Ali Marpet and then Stinney went out. Yeah, you know, right. so he's playing Nick Leverett. Yeah, you know they were their offensive line. I mean, Brady had a little more pressure than normal on him today. Um, you, you saw that affect him on a few throws, uh, and he took mm-hmm. a few sacks as well. And that's going to happen. I mean, you know, the Bucks surprisingly. I mean, and this doesn't happen very often in the NFL, but for the first what ten weeks of the season, played the same offensive line. Um, they didn't really have to yeah. to play backups very often. Um, right, you know, and so th- that can throw a team off in that, and I, I think it did a little bit of the offense, but you know, I, I also think Indy's a good team, and and they're very good. You know, the Bucks are on the road. We know they struggle on the road. They, you know, yep. not played great on the road today, but they went up to Indianapolis, fell behind them, not too far, but they did fall behind them. Came back and won that By game 10. on the yeah. road, and that's impressive. Yeah. No, it was. And Bruce Arians said after the game, he goes, look, we played a really bad first 30 minutes, but the last 30 minutes is who we are. And so if you could, you know, replicate that, obviously, you know, each game, especially when you're when you're on the road, um, it's just a hard it's a hard place to win. And, you know, they've been playing really, really well. I think they'd won five out of six. You know, Jonathan Taylor is a, you know, absolute stud. He's an MVP candidate. I'm not sure why they went away from him, but when they did go back to him, he took them all the way down the field, and, and they scored a touchdown. So it was impressive. Um, I'll tell you, though, you know, Leonard Fournette is a guy that I really – I did not see him taking the, the running back position away from uh, Ronald Jones. It happened all of at once, really, in the first game. They both had turnovers, and somehow, somehow Jones got in the doghouse. Now, he ran the ball really well. Uh, when he was called upon, and that actually gave Fournette some fresh legs for the fourth quarter, which is the perfect place you want him. You want him to be that that sort of closer, that Mariano Rivera type, Uh, and he did just that. He had 100 yards on the button rushing, 100 yards, and he now is just shy, just a few yards shy of 1,000 yards from scrimmage already uh, on this team. He has been just balling out, and we talked to him after the game, you know, and he, he said, yeah, man, I was pretty I was pretty mad at halftime. I, I gave a big, big speech, and I think it fired us up, you know. And, you know, because 
I mean, you wouldn't really necessarily call Fournette the guy that's, you know, that's going to come out and, and give that talk, right? But he said, I'm like, man, you got to have will and a want. You got to have, you have to be willing to risk everything play by play. And he goes, and you got to want to win, want to fight each and every play. And I think they understood that message and came out and played lights out. Um, he said he felt like at halftime their mood was down, their energy was down, and it was just like trying to boost everybody up, and, and, and it worked. There's a lot of heroes in this game. None bigger, in my opinion, than Shaquille Barrett. Ooh. The play that Shaquille Barrett makes at the time he makes it, um, start of the second half, the Colts are up, I think, by by 10 at least, and they are going to absolutely drive this ball down their throats with the second-half kickoff. And Shaq Barrett, who had two sacks in the game, comes off the edge, um, and not only does he get you know a sack of Carson Wentz, but he strips the ball. Not only does he strip the ball, right, sack, strip, he recovers the fumble. So it's like the triple crown, right, for a pass rusher. Does all three. And they're about to make it a, a two or maybe even a three-score game. So they get the ball back there, and that leads to the next possession when, again, you know, they're threatening. And the Colts um, throw a deep ball. And one of the best plays I've ever seen made on the ball by a safety oh, who's tracking this thing. Incredible. Uh, Antoine Winfield Jr.'s interception, I defy you to find a guy with a better pick in that situation than the one he made in that in on, on that play. Crazy. That that to me, I mean the Shaq Barrett was the play of the game cuz it turned the momentum. Indy had the ball. No doubt. They had the lead and the ball to start the second half and we're, you know, marching At the 20 down the yard field. line. Yeah. 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 That's the play of the game. But mm-hmm. that interception by Winfield Jr. You mm. know, I mean, you're Carson Wentz. You're going to take that match Pittman on your safety. I'll take that matchup anytime at the All day. Field. All day, and Pittman yeah, didn't bother sure. to fight for the ball, and Antoine Winfield did. Mm. And, yeah. and I see too yeah. many receivers just waiting for the ball to drop in their breadbasket instead of going to fight for it. And Antoine Winfield, right. as a safety, made that play. Right. That was that was incredible. I, I was that got me out yeah. of my seat. I was like, wow. I mean, I yeah. love I love special seeing guy. defensive backs make those kind of plays. Yeah, no, a special guy could catch his good hands and and he tracked it well and then he then he returned it back to the 35 and got him going the other way. Those two plays are the game. They they hit either one of those, you know, obviously the Colts are moving the ball. They did a really nice job. I I, I do question and and Frank Reich was question about the number of consecutive passes they threw in the second half. It's never a good idea to keep the ball out of Jonathan Taylor's hands. But you do credit the Bucks a little bit in that they at that point they had been hammering them pretty good. You know, they they didn't give up a whole lot in the run game, and, and you didn't expect them to, and they didn't. The other thing that was a part of this game, which happened right away, is the the injuries on oh. this team. You know, I mean, another corner, Jamal Dean had been playing all these games when everybody else was out. He's done a nice job. Teams are thrown away from him, all of that. And he goes down, and you're thinking, goodness gracious, like how many of these corners – can you begin to play? And then, you know, then they got to play Pierre Desir and then they got to play D Delaney. And, you know, eventually, I mean, the Colts are able to exploit that a little bit. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a tough break, man. I, you know, you had him, uh, 
Vita Vea lost a tooth. Oh, <laughs> that was awful. He got hit right in the right in the mouth by a helmet. It was terrible. Bruce Arians with a lot of sympathy. Of course, you cover hockey. Bruce Arians is like, ah, he's got thirty others. It was no big deal. But he was out of the game for a while. Um, who else got hurt? We had oh Devin White went out mm-hmm. for a good while. Ended up playing the second half, oddly enough. But he went out with a hip injury. He had started the day, you know sort of nursing a quad and I, I don't know if one's probably related to the other obviously but he had to leave the game so they were dropping like flies out there on you know especially on defense somehow they managed to hang in there and you know that was kind of a gut check type of win I mean that's two in a row now right overcoming that two game losing streak they go to Atlanta reasonable chance you could beat the Falcons there Um, so yeah I mean Look, this football team's got character. I'll give them that. Like they're they got a bunch of winners in it to fight you to the end, and they did not play well in the first half. But the second half, they looked like a team that they could could beat anyone, literally. And Indy's Indy was hot. I mean, Indy mm-hmm. Indy was really good, and you know Taylor is a phenomenal talent. And Carson Wentz maybe had one of his better days, even though the stats may not show it because of a couple of interceptions, including like the last tail Mary, but. I was impressed. I really was. I that's a good football team and I'll be I don't know what their record will end up being, but I'd be surprised if somehow they don't sneak at least into a wild card situation. No, I mean Indy is uh, what they're 500 now, which amazingly enough the Indy NFC 500. The See? NF the NFC Yeah, the NFC has 16. We talk about how good the NFC is. Do you realize there's yeah. only 6 teams with a winning record in the NFC? I know, but the they, AFC, they've all got like the seven AFC, or eight wins. I know, the AFC has four teams that have losing records. That's it. That's crazy. And now, I think the top of the NFC is better, but as a conference, the NFC's got some really bad teams in it. <laughs> but uh, the Colts, I mean, while they're 500, they're, they're, they've got to leapfrog several teams to get in the playoffs. Now, you've got six weeks to go in this, so... I mean, they can, right. they can they can do that. But, I mean, the Buccaneers get this win today at the Colts, a good team. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. their toughest game remaining on the schedule. I mean, they well, go they go to Atlanta. I mean, your road yeah. games your road games left, which is where the Bucks don't play as well. Atlanta, Carolina, and, and the Jets. Those the are Jets. all winnable. Those are, yeah, they're very winnable. Yeah, your, your toughest opponents left are the Bills and Saints. You get them at home, right? And and you also get the Panthers at home. So I mean, you know, the Bucks are eight and three. I could easily see them. They have a three being game five, lead five, yeah, in the I, division. Yeah. They could easily be five and one down the stretch. To yeah, finish oh, thirteen sure. and four. I mean right. if, And if, it's gonna take that. Yeah, if they finish less than thirteen and four, you might be a little disappointed coming down the stretch. Now it doesn't mean they won't do well in the playoffs, but looking at their schedule ahead. Because the Bills I don't think are as good as we thought they were at the beginning. I think they're a good team, but the Saints are struggling a little bit. The they're Panthers trouble, are struggling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and the others are the Falcons and the Jets. And Falcons aren't very good. Jets aren't very good. No. No. They'll be favored in every game, I mm-hmm. think. And, you know, let's see if they can if they can grind it, you know, grind it out. But um, three-game lead in the NFC South at this point is solid. Like, it's really solid. It's hard to separate. And you're just barely past Thanksgiving, you know. So some teams are going to have to really, you know, get going if they're going to compete with them. And, and like you said, they still got New Orleans and, and Carolina twice. So win the division, 
um, you need to have a good enough record to at least get one home game, if not if not more. I would be concerned if I'm a Bucks fan. This team looks like for all the world, for all the world, it looks like the NFC is going to run through Green Bay again. You know, outside chance that Arizona might, you know, might do it. But, man, the Packers, you know, good toe, bad toe. I mean, you name it, Aaron Rodgers kind of finds a way. And, you know, that's that's a problem. I mean, it's going to be a problem. But in the meantime, uh, kind of a character win, kind of a gut win. And, oh, by the way, can Rob Gronkowski still ball or what? <laughs> that guy's ridiculous. I mean, he's had 18, 19 surgeries. This year alone, he cracked four ribs uh, and, you know, punctured his lung and missed all that time. And what a beast of a player that guy is. Making combat catches, always available for Brady in the seam. Um, Never goes down easy. He's always willing to take a hit and keep going. Always, man. He's just trucking people down the field as they just bounce off of him. And, you know, third down, I mean, you know, Huge plays that where Brady has done this, you know, a hundred thousand times and gets the ball to Gronk and he comes down with it and just you know, he's still trying to get healthy himself, but what a difference maker that he can be at at the tight end position. So it was really, really good. It was I mean, the fact that they got out of India is a little surreal. I I I was less than optimistic the way they, they were playing, allowing at one point twenty one points in the second quarter. Just, you know, three touchdowns in a quarter. And you're thinking, oh, boy, you know. Um, but it was it was a gutty win. It was it was one of those where you had to gut it out and they needed everybody. And, you know, they walked out of Lucas Oil pretty happy about being, you know, eight and five now. Or uh, eight and five, listen to me. Um, eight, and three. eight and three. Um, which is certainly, you know, beats last year's seven and five record. Uh, with a winnable game in Atlanta, I mean, you know, pretty much with the exception of maybe New Orleans, um, certainly Buffalo, you, you're probably not going to play on the, another team that's that's got a winning record or that has sort of playoff aspirations. Buffalo is the only team so, with a winning record left on their schedule. I mean, th- that's right. That's it. You're right. You're absolutely right. I mean, the Saints and, and, there's and a Falcons scenario are both where, five and six. That's right. And there's a scenario where the Bucks clinch the NFC South with three games to play. Which would be a hell of a thing. Now you're still oh, you still going to be clinch playing it before then, seeds. really, but right. Well, I mean, you got it. Let's see. You got Atlanta. It depends on what New Orleans does. New Orleans is three back. I think Carolina is three back. New or- Atlanta and New Orleans are three back. Okay. Carolina is three and a half back. Three they have. They haven't had their okay. bye yet. They they'll get their bye this week, I believe. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, all I know is they're in, they're in the prime position. I mean, they have a chance to you know try to win out, get as high a seed as you can. Um, you know, it. I think this football team. I sense that they they're starting to gel, even though they've had these lapses, right, where teams come back on them or they they go three and out. But you can kind of get a feel that this team is starting to believe. They're starting to know how to play. Um, they're starting to get some guys back, which gives them confidence. And it's just different, man. It, it just It's starting to have a feel to it like, you know, they're locked in. And Brady, you know, on the podium, like, he's okay. Like, he never says a whole lot anyway. But in particular, um, 
he's kind of like the last few weeks getting a little bit a little bit curt i think a little little short but um you know that's that's really neither here nor there i don't know if you read this story this was an interesting story because you know we talked to leonard fournette um quite a bit after the game and i wrote in fact i wrote a story about him but over the weekend it was really it was really weird it was like a happenstance thing where there was this freshman basketball team. They're all trying out for the North Dame uh, prep, I guess, high school in Pontiac, uh, Mich- or, yeah, Pontiac, Michigan, which is where the old Silverdome used to be, where mm-hmm. the you know where the Lions played. And so he's checking, he's starting this this group chat, and he types in a number uh, for somebody he thinks is his friend, and he misses the number. He change the number somehow gets changed, one of the digits, and so. Instead of, you know, adding his buddy to a group chat, he added Sean Murphy Bunting, like the defensive back for the Buccaneers. And then kind of what after happened after that was a little wacky. <laughs> but these kids were completely stunned. I mean, they were in freshman basketball tryouts. So the next thing they know, uh, this guy is setting up like kind of a Zoom greeting for the players. Um, Gronkowski's in it, you know, then then Richard Sherman – um, you know, David, we mentioned white Evans and all that stuff. And sort of one guy they forgot, I mean, was Leonard Fournette and Lenny ended up getting the phone handed to him by Sean Murphy Bunding. And he went around the locker room and started like putting these kids on the, on the phone, FaceTiming them with all these players in the locker room. He goes, you know, Hey, Brady's in the, get a massage or whatever. I'll try to get him later and does. Um, and so it, it was real interesting, just sort of like this innocent deal with Sean Murphy bunting turns into Leonard Fournette taking over. And Brady was unaware, like these kids were even from Michigan at the time. We talked about that after the game on Sunday. So pretty good week for Michigan, by the way, we'll get into. Um, but it was just, yeah, it was weird. Like that in the halftime speech that he gave, he credited himself with getting guys fired up at halftime. So, and you know what? Those so, sometimes sort of the, those speeches have to come from the guy you don't expect it. Yeah, you know, I agree. It's, it's one thing if I Brady agree. gives a speech, and, and not saying that it's not effective or whatever, but you know, right. playoff Lenny isn't the guy you expect that to come from. And sometimes that can no. help a team when someone like that steps up and, and talks about will and want, and, and, and it can, it can right. kind of turn that side because it, it's unexpected. Right. Exactly, and and he's having a good game, and he's imposing his will on the other team, so he wants to bring you along. And he was saying the mood was down. I was just trying to, you know, get us fired up a little bit. And he said, you know, they all understood, and they they sort of played light, lights out. I mean, there can't be anything worse than knowing in your heart of hearts you're a better football team, and you look up at the scoreboard and you're getting thumped. You know, you're kind of like, what are we doing here? Um, but the second half was really, really good, and they did hang on to win. Um, interception on the final play towards the end zone after the huge kickoff return, which made no sense um, once they took the lead. But this was a big win, man. They're all big now. They're running out of games. You know, you mentioned they play at Atlanta. That suddenly becomes a big game, you know, because it's next. And if you want any kind of a seed, because we saw the Rams going to Green Bay and get destroyed, you know, that that would be my fear. If I'm a Bucks fan, I'm going – Look, we win the division. We'll go play anybody, anywhere, anytime, except there. <laughs> you know, um, you don't want any part of Green Bay in January again. 
You just don't. If it's Arizona, fine. If it's someplace else, fine. But, man, I I just feel the Packers coming. I don't think anybody's going to beat those guys. They've won 13 the last two weeks in a row. Now you've or two years in a row. Now you've got a 17 game season. Mm, the good thing is their schedule in the next couple weeks. Well, they, they they host the Bears, then they have to go to Baltimore, right. and then they okay. they host the Browns, who's in the okay. playoff. Well, talented team. Yeah. yeah, and then they they host the Vikings and are at the Lions to end the season. But they do have. I mean, I would say at the Ravens is a tougher game than Tampa Bay has coming. Yeah. In. Oh, probably. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Although, you know, and, Sunday you know, night football was standing. It's uh hasn't been a great game, but Oh my goodness. Thirteen to ten as we tape this podcast and into the third, Baltimore over Cleveland. They've set back offense a few hundred years. You know. And that's the thing, I mean, like, you know, I, I love that you know, with, with Tom Brady, you don't you never feel completely out of it, you know. Mm-hmm. And they were able to do what they had to do and come back and win the game. He was obviously very excited afterwards. Um, the players were very excited. We got to talk to a lot of the defensive guys. So they feel good where they're at. They're like, you know, hey, we can play better in the first half. We know that. But we kind of got the monkey off our backs. You know, we won that game on the road. And they don't feel like they can lose at home. I mean, they don't. It's a very confident team that way. So, yeah, good for them. It was a entertaining game. I want to go back and watch it because I, I feel like when I cover these games, I don't get to watch them for – you know, in terms of the content and just sitting back and enjoying them. So I'm going to have to do that. But Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Speaking of football... How about the Harbaugh's handing it, handing it to Ryan Day and the Ohio State Buckeyes? All of a sudden, Jim Harbaugh's gone from, you know, horrible coach, needs to be fired. Everyone's now, you know, he's the next coming again. Uh, But that was a a surprising Mm -hmm. domination of Ohio State. They did dominate. Their offensive line, both lines. I mean, Ohio State's in yeah. the trenches lost that game, and you don't see that happen to them. Right. You know, right. I mean, we, everyone knew going in Ohio State's defense had some weaknesses, particularly in the back end. But who would have thought mm-hmm. Michigan would just gash them the way they did? I, you know, no, like, was... I, I said going in, Michigan had a shot in this game. I didn't think it was a great one. But yeah. if I would have known that that offensive line could do that to Ohio State's defensive line, wow. I mean, Ohio State had no answers. No, they didn't. And, you know, they had opportunities, but they couldn't cash in. And um, whether it was running the football, you know, being physical that way or, you know, certainly on defense. um, Well, and and defensively, they they didn't give up the big play. I think there was, what, two big pass plays in the whole game. I mean, they basically said, we're going to make you drive the field. You want to score – You've got it. You, you're not going to get these big. You know, you've got three great receivers. You're not going right. to sit there and get forty yard passes on us 
and score. You're going to have to earn right. it all the way down the field. And we're going to bank on you making mistakes. And they had a ton of false start penalties, misalignment penalties, holdings. You know, I mean, they just started – they couldn't sustain those long drives. Um, the environment mm-hmm. got to them a little bit, and it was – you know, it just – to see Ohio State play that way is kind of shocking because we don't see that very often. And, and look, they no, had a bad it, game, and there's lots of people all over Ryan Day now. I mean, I think he's a tremendous coach. They had a bad game. Right. I mean, you know, and their defense had issues all year. You kind of knew that that could be a Achilles heel. But, you know, they got beat. And, 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 you know, Michigan earned that victory. There's no question about it. You talk about Ryan Day, and I don't know if you saw Jim Harbaugh's press conference afterwards, like not right after on the field, but when he got, you know, inside whatever building there. And somebody asked him, they said, all the bad things you've heard about Michigan and yourself in the last five years coming from Ohio State, I was like, does this make it feel any better? He goes, oh, yeah, it sure does. He goes, and at one point he goes, you know, I don't know. He goes, you know, some people, they, they – end up at third base and think they've hit a triple. And I thought, ooh, that's right between the eyes on Ryan Day because he took over the program from, from Urban Meyer, you know. Mm-hmm. And some of the players they're probably still playing with are of that class. But yep. I thought, yeah, that was a shot. That was. That was a shot. And I, ex- I expect some, but, you know, staff changes at Ohio State over this, mostly on the defensive side where they had issues all year. But Yeah. I mean, you know, kudos to no, Harbaugh. Was, I mean – he took a lesser Good. contract mm-hmm. to stay. Now, maybe he didn't have any other options. That's very possible, too. But lesser contract right. to stay. Revamped his whole staff. I think I think the offensive coordinator was the only staff member he kept. Top to bottom, huh? Mm-hmm. And, and all of them, I think every staff member is 43 and younger, which was trying to help with recruiting oh, wow. and, and all that. The defensive coordinator is like 34. Mike McDonald was the Ravens wow. linebacker coach last year. Um, okay. And just re- made the whole staff and and changed the culture of that team in one year because last year the culture was awful on that team. They were two and four, and thank goodness the COVID shut down the end of the season last year because they were not a good team at all. And right, how it changed in one year is is kudos to Harbaugh and that whole entire staff and all the players. I mean that was that was impressive. Now, well, now you have to go out and, and you know had- duplicate that on Saturday against Iowa. Yeah, because Wisconsin choked against Minnesota. I'm telling you, they get a pick six and they still only score 13 points. <laughs> How the hell does that happen? <laughs> that is that is Wisconsin football. <laughs> but it's not. But you know what? Even like I've watched Wisconsin for years, and yeah, they're a run first team and they mug people and they don't score a ton of points. But man, I don't know. I don't know. Somebody's seat should be. I don't know. It's just. Listen, it, w- it was a great game. I think Harbaugh needed this. And, and you know what this tells me, Steve, and tell me if you disagree, because you've said this all along. Because we talked about, well, he's got to beat, at some point he's got to beat Ohio State. And if mm-hmm. he doesn't, that's going to be the end of him in Michigan. You know what You know what this season has proven? Because they're, they're what, 10-1 and one now? They're 10-1. and one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Or 11-1. They've just got 11-1. They've got to beat, beat Iowa, and they're in the national championship no matter what. They're in the picture. I mean – Eleven and one, going to a, a national you know, final four with a chance to win it all. If you'd have fired Harbaugh early, who knows when or if you ever get there, mm-hmm. right? They stuck with him. He got it right. 
Here he is, and they got a shot. I don't know if they'll win the national championship. Damn sure I have a really good look at it. And that's who you want to be your coach. You know, Michigan guy, hung with it, got it right. And, yeah, he's beaten them one out of, what, six times or whatever. But you know what? It was impressive. And I think he's got pieces, and I think he's got some young players that are developing. And Jim Harbaugh is a damn good coach. Um, well, I think that's I why think Michigan kept him. I, I think they kept him for two reasons. One, his track record shows he's a good coach, and he's done well at Michigan. He just hasn't beaten Michigan State and Ohio State. Could beat Ohio State, right. He's bad against his rivals, no yeah. doubt. And, and, but you also look at his recruiting, which has been very good. I, they're not at Ohio State level, who's usually a top-five recruiting class every year, but they're always top-15 recruiting class in the country. And so, but this will help them against Ohio State, right? I mean, they beat Ohio State. I know it's short term; it's one year. But if there's a player considering both, this has to help them. Oh, it absolutely helps. I mean, it, it as much as you hear the Paul Feinbaum's and and everybody, you know, Michigan's irrelevant now, and and Harbaugh can't beat Ryan Day. There's no chance in 150 years, et cetera. He's done it now. So now, what's the narrative against him? I mean, you know, Ohio State's a damn good program, but. Michigan now is, you know, assuming they can take care of business Saturday night, they're going to play in the college football playoff for the first time. You know, right. so you can't sit there and say they can't make it again. You know, no. it, it absolutely helps recruiting. It helps it helps everything. You know, and it gets that monkey off your back. That's huge. So big. Just, just so big to break through, you know. I mean, they may win a bunch in a row or they may not win another one, but um, that certainly was fun to watch. It was fun. It was fun to see the, the fact that it was at Michigan. I think helped mm-hmm. obviously, but it was fun Absolutely to see the reaction. Mm-hmm. Oh, that I mean of that, of that crowd. The way they and, stormed that field afterwards, and oh, it was so cool. Yeah, it was. You know what else was almost just as cool was USF's performance in the war on I four, and they had a shot. One bad. They had a shot. Timmy McLean, right there at the goal line. Mm-hmm. His time's running out. Unfortunately, you know, yep. true freshman quarterback should have just thrown that ball away and lived for another down. Yes. But, but for them to be in that game, to hold UCF down, you know, defensively, considering how bad their defense has been all year, particularly last week at Tulane, I thought that was yeah. a tremendous performance by Jeff Scott's team. It was good. They competed, and, and they, you know, they had fired the defensive coordinator. They came with a lot more pressure i think pressure packages and things like that um yeah they they made a decent accounting of themselves you know and it would have been nice to get that win to end the season but well and the sad thing is is how it ended right so they're out of timeouts if you didn't see the game they're out of timeouts um the quarterback is under duress obviously and he's sort of throwing it up for grabs quite frankly but but before he throws it um his knee hit the ground the ball's intercepted, but you wipe everything out from the point where yep. the knee hit the ground, except that, you know, they got no timeout, so the clock's running. So what I thought was supposed to happen or what I thought would happen is they'd say, okay, let's look at the clock. Eight seconds to go. You have no timeouts. We're going to line up and snap this ball. You do what you want to do. And they would have, you know, they would have dirted it. Um, but they never got the chance. They basically went over there and said, yeah. There's a runoff. There's a runoff because the clock wouldn't have stopped. 
Right. It would have. You had no yeah. way to stop it, so it would have kept right. going. And they yeah. figured, well, they couldn't have gotten another playoff anyway. I, I think it's a ten second runoff is the rule. So it was under ten seconds. Oh, it's an absolute. It's an actual ten second. I, I runoff. think there I is like like, like if you if you go up to the line and like try to spike it, but you're off sides. It's a ten second runoff. Okay. I, I'm pretty sure that's the same rule in college. Yeah. So that but, was a problem. I, you know, the the thing Timmy McLean will learn from this, and he's a true freshman, is that. You know, you're down there. You've got 10 seconds left. You've got maybe two plays. If you're under pressure, just throw that ball away and live for the next down. You know, because you needed the touchdown there. You know, and that that's where, you know, that's where he'll learn from that is instead of trying to scramble and stay alive and last cost, just throw that away and you still have time for another down. And that's what he'll learn yep. from that. Live to play another day. How about the comeback that Alabama had? We're talking with Matt Baker about these this week. The mm-hmm. comeback, the comeback that Alabama had on Auburn. Oh my goodness, those Auburn fans oh. I felt bad for them. Just ripped their hearts out. <laughs> Just what do you go ninety yards in ten plays or something like that? It was yeah, crazy. like in a minute or whatever. It was. Yeah, yeah. Just one guy step up and make a play, and Auburn's the upset winner. And then you had Florida, Florida State. I didn't see it. I heard it was so ugly, fill in the blank. Like, it was really, really bad on both sides. Yeah, I didn't see a lot of it, but what I did see wasn't good football. Well, say this about Florida. They got over on Florida State, and they get to go um, bowling. And so, I don't know, it's a Gasparilla Bowl or whatever, but they're going to get a month of practice, and Florida State is not. Is that right? Did Florida State have five wins, I think, not six? I believe that's correct, yes. So... That's a competitive disadvantage right there. And, of course, they kind of got into it before the game. Like, these two teams don't like each other. No, they know each other. Um, they all chose one or the other. But, yeah, you know, is it, is, is it, it was a big win for Florida. I mean, I don't want to mm-hmm. overstate it. It's not like, you know, um, the world's going to change. Now, apparently, as we do this podcast, breaking news, we got a head coach coming to the University of Florida. In the name of Billy Napier, good hire or bad hire? I think that's the time will tell. I mean, you know, his track record. I mean, he's coached <laughs> wait, under Dabo Sweeney. He's wait, coached straddle, under – Well, no, no. I, wait, straddle the fence. I don't watch a lot of Louisiana we'll football. I don't watch a lot of Louisiana <laughs> football. I'll admit well, it. that's my point. Like, I mean, are we so certain that the university – this is the University of Florida. You can't attract somebody bigger – that's not coming from. And well, I know you can you can throw Urban Meyer at well, me. That's what I'm throw. saying is 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 he the next Luke Fickle, Urban Meyer? I mean, go through the assistants could that be. you know Dabo Sweeney, or that, or you know, could he be Jim McElwain? Could well, he be Jim absolutely. McElwain? That's could what he? I'm saying. Is is I think time yeah. will tell. I think his track record so far looks good. Um, He's got good coaching pedigree, right? Saban and and Sweeney, Dabo yeah. Sweeney. Yeah, wow. He's been a good recruiter there now. Recruiting at Louisiana compared to recruiting in the SEC, a little yeah. different. I mean, did that just scare Lincoln wow. Riley out of Oklahoma? I don't know. He said, "I'm not going to LSU." He wasn't <laughs> lying. He's going to USC. But I mean, he got out of the SEC where Oklahoma's going to go and try to fight for national titles, or do you go to USC and do it? I think he did the right thing. I think he realizes Oklahoma, once it gets to the SEC, is not going to play for national titles, and at USC they could. How about this? I think this that's... is the first Oklahoma coach to leave Oklahoma for another school since 1946. Good Lord. They all retire 
or get fired. <laughs> they they nope. die. Nobody leaves on fired. their own from Oklahoma until now. Which is we take you out here at Oklahoma. And you see How who's coaching their bowl games. game for them? Uh uh-uh. uh. Bob Stoops. There you go, Bobby. And, and apparently, job back, but Adam Schefter saying that uh, they are maybe targeting Cliff Kingsbury. According to my sources, they're trying to get Cliff Kingsbury. I don't think he'll leave the Arizona Cardinals, but you never know. His contract if expires recruit, at the end of next year with the Cardinals. Well, I mean, if he can bring Kyler Murray with him, <laughs> heck yeah. I'm not sure he's got any eligibility left. Does NIL change those rules why, or anything? I don't know. But if I'm Kingsbury, why am I taking that job? What in God's name would attract me to that? Right I mean, now? if you were about to get fired in the NFL, maybe. But yeah, I mean, you're being, you're very <laughs> yeah, successful okay. out there. What I'm saying is, I mean, he's got his team. I know on top he's of the not NFC. that guy though. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like he's the guy that everybody's trying to beat. That's got the best quarterback, the best this, the best that. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. I think I'd be I'd be good. I mean, if you're Oklahoma, what I don't I don't got? I don't have a problem with them, you know, making the call. But I couldn't see Kingsbury taking that. No. I, I wouldn't take that job. There's no way. Wander Franco uh, the signed. Lightning, Wander Franco signed his deal. The Lightning won. Well, hold on, again. hold on. Well, let's get to right. Wander signs the deal. What up to two hundred and twenty-three million okay. through eleven yeah. years. Um, but the okay. Rays also signed a free agent pitcher today. I don't know if you saw this while you were working. Corey, Corey Kluber, Kluber, right? Yeah, Kluber. Yeah, Is eight million. Kluber. Kluber. No, Kluber. Kluber, okay. Yeah. Eight right. years or eight million dollar deal could be up to thirteen if he stays healthy all year. Pretty good chunk of change. I I don't know if he's going to bring you that return or not, but he certainly, you know. Yeah. I think I saw Michael Walker got seven million a year. Did he really? I think Michael Walker, the Mets, I believe. Is that the same guy that pitched for the Rays last year? Oh yeah. Good God! Why couldn't I throw a ball ninety four? Honest to gosh. No, I'm sorry. It's the Red Sox, not the Mets. It was the Red Sox. The Red Seven Sox. million dollar oh. one year deal. My goodness. Wow, that's a lot. I'd rather pay Kluber eight than Waka seven. I would too. I'm with you on that. They need to load up a few, you know, a few veteran types. You know for sure. Yeah. And, and Jordan Luplo was traded too to the Diamondbacks. So. I saw Luplo was was dealt you for know. a minor league infielder. That's then just clearing we, roster we space. could talk. We can talk about the Lightning because they um, they had Yanni, uh, Yanni Gord was back in town. Did you see that? That was a tremendous ovation he got. That video and that mm-hmm. the ovation he got, tell me if I'm wrong, was bigger than the Hall of Fame ovation for Marty St. Louis. I don't know. I wouldn't, Close, I wouldn't call about, it bigger, but it's – I can't remember too many par. cheers for an off-ice thing like that besides Vinny and Marty's – Raising to the Raptors. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's it's right up there. Okay. Yeah, that was tremendous. And Rick Peckham was on to that night, too, for going in the Hall of Fame. He was. He was. His wife is my daughter's Sunday school teacher. No, okay. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, she's great. Mm -hmm. We haven't been to Sunday school because of COVID for a little bit, but we're going back now that the little one's vaccinated and stuff. But, yeah, she's awesome. I'd like I take that free trip to Pebble Beach. I'll tell you what, I was just there a couple <laughs> weeks ago. Oh my god, is it beautiful out there. So Chief mentions on the post game show on the radio. He said uh Rick so they're down on the ice and when you're on the ice you can't really hear the speakers very well because the speakers are positioned yeah. for the crowd, not for the ice. 
That's and right. So he's sitting there, and and you know, Mister Vinick's speaking, and he's holding this putter, and Chief's right next to Rick, and Rick's <laughs> like, oh, "I'm getting a putter." <laughs> and Chief knew oh, what, what he was hell? getting, and Chief's like, right. "Yeah, but you're also getting you're going to Pebble Beach," and Rick's like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> I knew trip to Pebble Beach. So if, if his, face, if his face didn't look that excited as, as Jeff Vinnick was stating it, that's why he didn't hear it. He was trying to process it. Yeah, he didn't hear it. We we, we flew out there. There was a, like a 49ers Hall of Fame, whatever. And then we landed around noon, got straight in the car. And, I mean, went down to Pebble Beach in Monterey. It's so beautiful down there. Just incredible beautiful. You know, it's just really nice. Well, it was a busy weekend, man. Yeah, There's well, a lot that was going on. And the Rowdies came up short in their bid for another championship for Tampa Bay. Oh, no. They Wait lost 3-1. to one. Ends. Yeah, they lost 3-1. to one. Um, Kind of heartbreaking. So they dominated play for the first 20 or so minutes. Um, had several mm-hmm. shots on goal. Ends up getting a penalty shot, which Guinzotti takes. And he's, penalty shot. Yeah, he's pretty good at that. But uh, their, their goalie stopped him. And a couple minutes later, um, Jordan Scarlett makes a, a bad pass backwards, not seeing that one of the Orange County guys was standing there waiting for it, and he drills it in the goal, and it's one nothing. Quickly became three nothing by the half, and uh, that was kind of the ball game. I mean, the Rowdies That's rallied awesome. for a goal in the second half and had some chances, but uh, they come yeah. up uh, short after last year not being able to participate in the championship because they had a COVID outbreak, so they never played the championship. So, but a packed mm-hmm. house at Al Lang. It was uh, looked great on television watching it. But they come yeah. up short. So, well, this is how it starts. This is how Champa Bay begins to erode with the Rowdies. And then you know, I'm sure everybody will do their part. <laughs> I don't know, man. I I don't. This team, this team's eight and three. A year ago they were seven and five. This team's eight and three. So on paper, you presume you go, wow, this is a much better team than a year ago. There's something about these guys with the Bucks, man. I can't put my finger on it. You just never feel comfortable. Like last year, you reached a point where you're like, oh, okay, I see the plan. You know, they got some pieces here, pieces there, you know. Yeah, but last year they were pretty, they were healthier than they are now. I mean, if they They're can get very, healthy, much healthy, they can get more healthy by the you know, time you get to late December yeah. or early January. You may have That's a different feel for this team. But they're winning games. They're winning and they're finding a way to win, which is a mark of a good team and, it, you know, um, they have a really good record. Like I said, three-game lead in the NFC South. Not that many more to play. So they're they're taking care of business. It would be nice for them to find a, a good seed and be have a home game at least. But, you know, the key is they're playing good, and they're getting a little help. We'll see what happens to Jamal Dean. I mean, some of these guys went down. There's too many to mention, really. Like, you don't mm-hmm. know. Vita Vea gets a tooth knocked out, and he's out for a while. We're like, what's wrong with Vita Vea? Well, nothing. He's missing a tooth, so. You just don't know how this is going to pan out. We'll talk to Bruce Arians later today at 12.30. We'll update you on that. You can check us out on TampaBay.com or the Tampa Bay Times. Um, we'll talk more college football this week. Of course, as we go into the conference championships, we'll do that with Matt Baker. Probably have another mailbag for you. So lots going on on the podcast this week. I have got to catch a plane in a couple hours. So live from Indianapolis, the Bucks have... Uh, beaten the Colts 38-31. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Along with Steve Burstick, have a great day, everybody. Mom does 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.